0: You are listening to The Loft on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. I am Nick Trelia. I am Philip Andrews. And I am Caleb Rimet. Today we have a special guest in studio, Dr. Larry Arn. Thanks for coming on.
1: Glad to be here.
0: All right, and as always, we are going to get started with Wacky World.
1: Wow. I don't believe it. Well, there's something you don't see every day.
2: All right, so first story up this week is Fiona the Hippo's vomit predicts Super Bowl win for Kansas City Chiefs. So zookeepers at the Cincinnati Zoo recently got Fiona the hippo to pick which team would win the Super Bowl last Sunday. And the keepers set up two... Enrichment items. One had the Chiefs logo on it, the other one had the 49ers, and they wanted to see which one caught the hippo's eye. So the keepers figured Fiona would simply press her snout to one of the items, but since she had just eaten lunch, she decided to puke up some freshly chewed veggies atop the Kansas City logo. And sure enough, her prediction was correct, so that puts Fiona now up to a 66% success rate on her predictions after correctly picking the Eagles in 2018 and incorrectly picking the Rams (laughs) in 2019. That's higher than some of my exam scores. That's unfortunate. (laughs) Um, Nonetheless, the top dog among psychic animals remains Paul the Psychic Octopus. That's not a dog. (laughs) I know, that's the joke. (laughs) (laughs) Who in 2010, he successfully picked the outcome of eight World Cup games without getting a single prediction wrong.
1: Okay, I have to begin by uh, editorializing about a previous story. Uh, We leave it ambiguous and we apologize whether Fiona... Is the name of the hippo or the name of the hippo's vomit? (laughs) And and as we analyze the way this headline reads, we are unsure. (laughs) Research and more reports next week. Uh, Arizona man using fake passenger to drive in the HOV lane. 62 year old guy put a disguised fake skeleton, for God's sake, (laughs) in his car's passenger seat in an effort to use the HOV lane on an Arizona freeway. But it didn't work. A trooper caught him,
3: fined him a
1: huge amount, and it was a skeleton. So I have to editorialize about this because I will tell you that I lived in Southern California for 20 plus years, and everyone who lives in Southern California has wanted to do this (laughs) (laughs) it's also true that there is a product sold and the people who buy and use that product are stupid (laughs) because (laughs) the state troopers know what the product looks like (laughs) (laughs) i did not know that (laughs) as
4: i was looking at the pictures for this one it looks like the the skeleton was wearing a yellow rope and a camouflage bucket hat, which, I don't know, maybe, maybe people in Arizona wear that regularly, but that should tip off anyone. <laughs> All right, so my story is why the Philadelphia Flyers' new acid trip of a mascot must be stopped. So, of course, we're talking about Gritty, the mascot for the Philadelphia Flyers NHL hockey team, and this just kind of came up because of an incident that happened last week. So, the mascot, Gritty, looks like an Orange Sesame Street character hyped up on caffeine. His eyes are just kind of bulging out of his head and he acts as crazy as he looks yesterday i found this headline uh gritty swats taunts pair of nuns in ma- mock basketball game at philadelphia school and there's a video on it too and he ends up hip thrusting after he knocks the ball out of one of their hands at the end you really re- just can't make this stuff up he reminds me of like the lorax's druggy uncle who just went through a really <laughs> rough divorce <laughs> yeah i wouldn't touch that thing with a 10-foot pole anyway in late november a father and his 13-year-old son were at a Flyers holiday photo shoot for season ticket holders, and the son patted Gritty on the head from behind. And the father said that Gritty g- gets up out of his chair, makes a lunging motion, and punches my son as hard as he could in the lower back. And he said that the son was later diagnosed with a back bruise. <laughs>
2: well, I think it's funny that Gritty was accused, and there's no mention of the actual person in this suit, but it's just Gritty, the mascot himself, who's doing all these things.
4: Yeah, the whole time I read this, I was just imagined the mascot being cuffed and carted off to jail
2: i mean he's already wearing orange he'd fit right in <laughs> <laughs> now is this sort of a marketing stunt for them in a lot of ways though because it, i don't feel like all of this could be real just given the amount of the things that have built up with gritty. i i don't know I He like was exonerated so it, it's possible I, I like to think that gritty himself is
4: doing all these things <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there's no one in the in the suit no. it's just the suit itself that's right yeah. so there wasn't any footage of the incident And so after an investigation, the Philadelphia police came out yesterday and said that Gritty did not assault the kid as there was no real evidence. So it looks like Trump is the only orange haired man who got exonerated this week.
0: All right, so a postal worker in Virginia hid undelivered mail in a storage unit. A postal worker in Virginia pled guilty to one count of theft and delay of mail after it was discovered that he hid 5,000 pieces of undelivered mail in a storage unit. The employee told authorities that he did what he did because he couldn't make time to finish the route and, quote, felt pressure to get the mail delivered on time. Yeah, he said that he had every intention of delivering the mail in the storage unit, but he just couldn't find the time to do it. Well, personally, from my experience, I don't think
4: anybody would say that the post office is under any kind of pressure to get anything delivered on time. <laughs> so Although I have to inter-
1: interject and say, Bob, the mailman who comes to my house is a great guy.
0: My was pretty good, too. Yes. I'm happy They're all pretty great mailman. people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Authorities found 4,600-plus pieces of ad mail, 150 catalogs, and 97 pieces of first-class mail, including IRS, bank statements, and DMV insurance papers. Wow. That's pretty important stuff, yeah. So uh, I think it's kinda funny, like this isn't news because the post office is bad. You know, everyone knows post office is slow. This is news because we found the one person on the planet who could meet you know, fail to meet the already low standards set by the (laughs) post office. They just accomplished delivery even slower than it was supposed to be.
2: You're listening to the loft on Radio Free Hillsdale, one oh one point seven FM. So next up, this is a story that illustrates the transformative power of habit loops and why they should be something that you think about and use to improve your life.
1: Some people think I'm too intellectual, but I think it's a fabulous way to spend your spare time.
2: So what do you think most people use the product Febreze for?
0: I don't know, to make uh, make stuff smell better, I guess. Right, well,
2: it turns out that Febreze was actually a wonder product invented to remove smells from fabrics, oh. and it, it did actually work. <laughs> So the original product was odorless and it did its job really well, but people would just use it a few times and then they would forget about it in their closet and not buy any more after that. Um, and then additionally, people who needed the product the most actually didn't know that about their problem because they had gotten so used to the bad smells that had built up on their fabrics. So uh, sales were pretty subpar, which was actually surprised the creators because of how effective and useful the product actually was from a technological standpoint. So,
0: so they wanted it to smell like something. Right. N- not nothing interesting. Exactly.
2: So now the breakthrough came when the company realized that some pedantic housewives loved spraying the stuff around their homes every time they'd finished cleaning. And as soon as Febreze started adding scents to their spray and marketing it as a cleaning air freshener, that's, that's when the product took off. So the key is in the habit loop of cleaning, the nice fresh smell of Febreze became the reward at the end of the loop. So people created a sort of craving in anticipation th- uh, of a satisfied feeling of a job well done. And people always bought more of the product when they ran out because it was really the only way to satisfy this craving. Now, this perspective on this story is discussed in the book The Power of Habit. And in that book, the author Duhigg also explains that for the same reason applying sunscreen never took off like brushing our teeth has uh, because brushing our teeth leaves our mouths with a nice tingling feeling and our teeth with a sense of smoothness, which in essence proves to us that the product works even though it doesn't really have anything to do with its efficacy. Right. In short, in order to build stronger habits in our own lives, we should make sure that all of the parts of the loop are in place. So those being the cue, the routine, and the reward. In the in the case of the Febreze story, the reward is really essential uh, to make the habit loop stick as a solid thing. So if any of these parts are missing, it's a lot harder to maintain that habit. So I guess overall, this story just illustrates how important it is to think about these things in our lives. And in many areas all, all the way from business to simply just our hygiene, health, anywhere in between really.
0: So it's like with exercising, a lot of people like that feeling after you're done with a workout.
2: Right. And even maybe like protein powder is a reward for a lot of people in a lot of ways. I mean, I know, I know Caleb will have that as his reward in a lot of cases uh, at the end of his workout. So that can fill that hole too. I mean, yeah, anything really. Speaking of habits, Phil, you wanna know one of the most
4: annoying habits for me? People yeah. who can't shut up when they're in the passenger seat. <laughs> Talking about backseat drivers, of course. Yeah, well, you're one to talk given what happened last <laughs> weekend though. Okay, well, that was for safety reasons. So just to clarify, last Saturday, me and Phil and Nick were driving to the sports complex and the windshield of Phil's car was completely iced over from the frozen rain and we could only clear off the passenger side. So I sat in the front seat and yelled directions at him. <laughs> of course, the road was really icy too. So we were slipping all over the place and it was just a chaotic mess. So just to prove that this happened, for all of you out, out there who are doubting me right now, <laughs> here's some actual audio recorded from the trip.
5: Fast, sharp, right. Fast, sharp, right. Sharp, right. Sharp, right. Listen. Sami, you have to listen to my call, Sami. Please, I beg you. Fast, medium, right. You have to turn the wheel, Sami. fast, medium, left. Triple caution, stay center. Whoa whoa, 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 Medium left, nice and easy, medium medium left. Listen to my calls. Sami, you have to listen, Sami, otherwise yeah. it is not working, Sami. Seriously, you are watching and driving. You have to be easy, Sami. I'm telling you, you are not listening. Shut up, yeah. No, I'm just giving you advice, Sami. Sami, Sami, you will wreck the car. You have to stay on road, Sami, please. Sami, okay, okay, okay. Sami, what are you doing, man? Sami, can you please concentrate? No. Please, please, I beg you. We are wrecking the car. Oh, Sammy, Sammy, you are wrecking the car. Shut up. Sammy, what are you doing,
0: my friend? Shut up. Don't tell me how to drive. Yeah, so I'm super surprised who made it back in one piece considering <laughs> Phil was driving. <laughs> All right there, Alabama boy. Next time the road's ice over, uh will let you drive and then see what happens. Remind me not to be in the car when that happens. <laughs> You're listening to The Loft on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. And this week, for Ask Hillsdale, we decided that we would let you guys ask the questions since we have Dr. Arn in studio. So we run around and collected a series of questions for you guys that you had for Dr. Arn, and uh, get to know him a little better, ask anything you want. So here we go. First question. Uh, Dr. Arn, what do you think about aliens?
1: Uh, well, I think like I, I think you have to judge each a- alien on his own merits because aliens have rights too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, excellent. So, the next question is, uh, what's your favorite sorority?
1: Ooh. Yeah, I can answer that. It's Sigma Chi. <laughs> 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 That's a hot take. <laughs> oh, oh, man. So,
4: uh, Dr. Arnn, mm-hmm. what is the most annoying thing that students do?
1: Well, this is like the question, what's the most important thing to get right? And the answer is, everything.
0: so uh you've been at hillsdale for a while and uh what's the funniest thing you've seen or heard in your time here
1: uh one of the very best things is the bomber boys uh four boys learned from chris van orman how to put two substances in a empty big soda pop bottle Uh (laughs) and then it would smoke and burst and they did that in four backpacks, and they put it in the four corners of the library. <laughs> and, their, and their idea was that they were going to uh, lighten the mood in the middle of finals. That was their idea. And so I learned of this from the librarian Dan Noak, who's, you know, the late Dan Noak, who's much more and a great librarian, and also one of the calmest people I've ever seen, uh, proving his suitability to be a librarian. Of course. The subject line in all capitals with exclamation marks was terror attack in the library. <laughs> 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 and then these incredibly stupid boys, they rushed out, one of them did, and, and his bottled inside his backpack was smoking everywhere. And they rushed outside the library and, there were, and, and there's been an incredible ruckus and still going on. And there were three students sitting there. And he went up to them, put his finger over his mouth, and said, shh. <laughs> 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 well, they came forward and confessed, and I called them stupid. <laughs> wow, and Chris
4: Van Orman is now our provost, isn't that right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know why?
1: I had to get him out of the Kim lab. He was destroying the college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: um, so next up, someone wanted to know what your favorite movie is.
1: Uh, <laughs> what you want to hear is Animal House. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Caleb, you like okay. that movie, <laughs> right. A right. man, a man for all seasons. Okay. The Godfather. They're, they they kind of rank up there high together. Mm-hmm. That's a great movie.
0: Great movie. Mm-hmm.
4: So, Doctor Arne, what were you like in high school?
1: Uh well, you know, dashing, courageous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Not really. laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> Beloved by all. <laughs>
3: Uh, what was I like in high
1: school? I uh, was, you know, I, I got good grades. I was a boy who got good grades, and so that sort of stood out. And uh, I had a lot of friends. I uh, still have four of them, still in communication with them. Our favorite thing to do was to shoot rats in the city dump at night. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, also we would, in the summer, we would uh, pile uh, water skis and guns in a boat. And we would be on the river all day, taking turns water skiing and shooting snakes and turtles. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I had an idyllic childhood. That is incredible.
0: (laughs) So um, what kind of music do you like to listen to?
1: Uh, Well, Handel is the man, Mm. Uh, Willie Nelson and George Jones. You know, we have these student bands here and uh, sometimes they seem pretty good to me, but I have no idea what they're playing. I've grown (laughs) old.
2: I don't either. (laughs)
4: that's the case with a lot
0: of people here
2: Mm -hmm. um all right so next question is what's your favorite period of history
1: ah that's really hard isn't it uh so i'll list the rivals uh of course the period of winston churchill's life the period of the american revolution the period of the civil war periods of time when turning points when great things happened Mm. and we can learn from the people who who led in those times and then, uh, of course, you have to mention, um, if you read Herodotus and Thucydides, you will know that period of time, from the beginning of the Persian Wars through the end of the Peloponnesian War, is like most stories in history, a story of surpassing glory and then collapse. And it's sad, and it has many great moments in it.
4: So, our, Dr. Arne, what do you like in England that you wish the U.S. had?
1: Uh, Well, the chief thing I brought back with me, Uh, (laughs) but um, yeah, I uh, and see, England itself is compromised. But uh, uh, as the Congress used to be, the House of Commons was still better, a great place to debate. And there's still more of that there than there is in America. But what, what you know, sort of the wonderful things have been argued in there, to the to great effect. And uh, so that picture of them facing each other, the chamber is too small for the number of MPs. When an important thing's going on, it's standing room only. It looks important. Mm -hmm. So I I love that, and I wish that our Congress, and see, the same things happen in both places. Most of the laws are made in regulatory agencies, in bureaucracies now. And so what happens in the floor of the House of Commons and what happens in the Congress is not as important as it used to be.
0: So uh staying on the topic of England, uh you are a big Churchill scholar, kind of an understatement there, but uh do you think that Winston Churchill could be elected today?
1: Uh sure. Uh he was uh, uh Churchill was, you know, very good at getting elected. He was elected I forget how many times, but he only lost twice, soon reelected after that. He was good at getting elected. I'll, I'll uh, complicate the question. Would he become president of the United States? Well, he had to be born here. But um, that would depend, just as it did in England, because Churchill's life, he was—by the time Churchill was 35, he was on the road to be prime minister of the country. He was very prominent. But he's like uh, Victor Hansen compared to George Patton and Donald Trump the other other day. There uh, uh, are—people like Churchill are better for urgent times. In normal times, ordinary people won't put up with them. So I don't know if he would become president. It would depend, I think, a lot on events.
0: All right, that wraps up all the questions we have for Dr. Arn. And now, as always, we're going to wrap up with a game show segment hosted by our producer, Rachel Kukaji. You're listening to The Loft on Radio
2: Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. At this point, it's time for our game show of the week. So we'd like to introduce our producer, Rachel Cookagee to come on and read the rules for the game.
3: Thank you, Phil. So this week, initials quiz will be British figures, inventions, and places. So the initials of a particular British invention, location, or individual will be given, followed by a series of clues. As soon as one of the contestants thinks they know the answer, they will call their own name, which will act as their buzzer, giving them the time to guess. If they get the answer right, they will win the round. If they are wrong, they are out for the remainder of the round. So for round one, we have a British invention. It's one word, starting with the letter T. Clue number one. The idea of this came to the inventor while in jail for causing a riot. And he actually built his prototype while still in jail. Clue number two. This was invented between 1770 and 1780. And the man's name was William Addis. Clue number three, after Addis got out of jail, he started a business to manufacture this product. Under the name Wisdom Blank, the company now manufactures 70 million of these things per year in the UK.
0: I have no idea. <laughs>
3: right. Clue number four, while in jail, Addis got inspiration for his product by noticing the use of a broom to sweep the floor.
1: oh Larry. Mop? T T T T What's No.
3: Nope. All right. Uh <laughs> clue number 5. Addis also invented this because he noticed that using a rag with soot and salt to clean teeth Phil. was in a f- Yes. Toothbrush? Yep. <laughs> oh, wow.
0: That's a British That's ironic. Yep. That's okay. A May I interject the <laughs> quiz?
1: What is it that you read, sit on and brush your teeth with? Hands? I don't know. A book, (laughs) a chair, and a toothbrush. (laughs) 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 Um,
3: But yes, that's the first mass-produced toothbrush Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in Great Britain. All right, round two. This is a British location, and the initials are BP. Clue number one, a kid who was a massive fan of the residents of this building managed to break in to this place three times, stealing food and belongings of the residents, and was eventually- Nick,
0: is it Buckingham Palace? Yes, it is.
3: <laughs> How did you know that?
0: Well, I was just running through my head, like, Buckingham Palace is yep. the only beefy I could think of.
3: Wow. Can I share another funny um, point about this? I'm So, apparently, there's a bunch of secret tunnels beneath this building, and when certain residents descended into the tunnels, they met a man from Newcastle living in the tunnels. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's one point for Nick and one point for Phil.
4: It's pretty close to living in Buckingham Palace. <laughs>
0: oh.
3: So round 3, this is a British historical figure by the initials of W C. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it can't be, can it? There's no way.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I can think of one other one, so. All
3: right. This person was very incident prone. For example, once when they were a child, they suffered a concussion and a ruptured kidney while playfully throwing themselves off a bridge. What? Uh Larry. Yep. <laughs>
1: Not Water Closet, but Winston Churchill. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I did that one for you. <laughs>
0: I was like, it's either Cromwell or Churchill.
4: Yeah, I, th- I, th- I, th- I thought that was too simple to be w- Churchill. see
1: Oliver Cl- Cromwell. Yeah. <laughs>
3: oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been wrong. Oh, oh, oh.
1: <laughs> the answer is Wimpy Charles the I.
3: <laughs> there were so many good points about him, though. I didn't know that. Apparently, the first known use of the term OMG was in a letter to Winston Churchill.
1: I didn't know that either. What
0: a progressive. (laughs) All right, so Rachel, what are our scores?
3: So that wraps up our initial quiz, and we are tied. I guess we have a loser, but we have no winners. (laughs) Because Dr. Arn, um, Nick, and Phil all each have one point, and Caleb, you have none.
0: Rip. All right, you've been listening to The Loft on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. We have new episodes out every Friday, and we would like to give a special thanks to Dr. Arn for appearing on the show.